Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of 2 Chronicles. It's about halfway through the Old Testament, about a third of the way through a paper Bible. You can use your device if you'd like. We're really going to focus on just one verse, but it's a pretty meaty verse, and so you may want to look it up. It's one of those verses that I can remember um, pretty much memorizing some years back. It should be a good, a good verse. To get us started, up on the screen, a picture of uh, an older, well-known football player, Walter Payton. Anybody remember Walter Payton? Yeah, uh, he was pretty good. Uh, Hall of Fame, running back, nine-time Uh, Nine times was a pro bowler. He had records in career rushing, touchdowns, all-purpose yards. And I remember hearing this story. I uh, used it once years ago. It was during a Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. And one of the announcers observed this, said it. They observed Walter Payton had accumulated over nine miles in career rushing yardage. And then the other announcer responded with this. Yeah, and that's with somebody knocking him down every 4.6 yards. Interesting. I used that little story to introduce a word that we're going to talk about quite a bit over the next few weeks. The word is resolve. Resolve. And here's the definition. It's a firm decision on a course of action. It's determination to do something. It's determination. I highlight it's determination to do something. And with, if you could put that back up on the screen, with this in mind, I would submit to you that that resolve is a huge factor in the success or failure of our life. Find someone who's succeeding in an area of life, and if you dig around enough, you'll find some resolve there. Up on the screen, there's a picture of one of our staff, Zechariah Good. Anybody ever want a different name than your own? I like like that name, Zechariah Good. Uh, He's on stage sometimes, does some music and different things. Is he in the room? Zechariah, are you in here? He's back there. He's so good. Uh, See what I did there? Okay. Anyway, Zechariah Good. He, in the last 15 months, has lost 100 pounds. That is, yeah. Uh, here's, and here's my guess. That took some resolve. Um, I was talking to a young couple, and I just double-checked to make sure this was right. They paid off their first home in two and a half years. That's, Yeah. Yeah, they're not in the room, but we can applaud them. Yay for those people. But, you know, but here's what I would, uh, I would assume in that. That took some intentionality and some resolve, some determination, or the lottery. Could it be either one? No. It wasn't the lottery, right? If you find someone that's generally well-balanced, joyful, emotionally healthy, happy, that will take some resolve or drugs. 
No, not the drugs thing. Or do you know what I mean? Like when you, that takes its decisiveness. And in the world we live in, that doesn't just happen to be, you know, emotionally healthy and kind and happy in a reasonable amount, right? It doesn't just happen. It takes resolve. Spiritually, it's the same. Find someone who's successful spiritually, like they, they know their Bible. They can discern the leadings of God. They love their neighbor or they're strategic and generous with their money so that their money's not just about them. That does not happen spiritually because it's just like easy. That you, oh yeah, oh, it's just, it's, it, can we admit if you seriously decide to have your life line up with following Jesus, that will take resolve. That does not just happen. It takes determination. In the great, in many of the great Bible characters, we see a glimpse into their life and see enough of it that they had resolve. Some examples in the book of Daniel, pretty big Bible character. It says of him in chapter 1, verse 8, that Daniel resolved not to defile himself with food that the Jewish folks were not supposed to eat. He had to resolve to limit the food and not just participate in, the other, in, in that other thing. Let's see, what's Job? There's a whole book in the Bible about this guy named Job, and he says... I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. That sounds serious. In my Bible time, I'm in the Old Testament. I'm in the book of Genesis, and I was reading about Abraham, an Old Testament uh, figure, a great man of faith. And this is toward the end of his life. He's, God has given him this one and only son. He wanted a son for so long. He got this son, and his son now is of age to get married and, but Abraham is getting to the end of his life, and he uh, is giving now directions to a servant to go find a great wife for my son. And he says, I want you to, he's talking to his servant, and he says, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, which were a godless group of people. So Abraham's resolve wasn't just influencing himself. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to influence you, servant guy. You swear by the God of heaven. It's serious commitment, determination, resolve. So hold that thought. With that in mind, and because it's the beginning of a new year, we are beginning a series It's called Resolve, starting the year off right and the hope over the next few weeks is to stir up a righteous resolution muscle in our lives. We're going to talk about, I think, some of the more important topics in life. We're going to talk about financial resolve, spiritual resolve. I know Pastor Steve's going to be working on a message uh, about how do you stay faithful when people around you are falling away. That's important. In the first weekend of February, I'm going to do a talk, and this is the title, it's Resolve, The Quest for Emotional Health. And I am looking forward to dealing with a text that I've not used as a main text before. Because I think this emotional health stuff, we need help. 
Amen. Anybody? Amen. Like, we need, uh, the world needs help. We need help. It's not easy to stay emotionally healthy these days. So I think the topics, and by the way, that would be a great topic to perhaps invite a friend to church if they're struggling. Or they're not struggling. <laughs> Just, uh, so those are some of the things that are coming. Today we're going to look at a theme verse, 2 Chronicles 16.9. I think this verse is going to lay a foundation, probably stir us up to have resolve in our life. And so we'll do something a little different now. If you would stand where you are, since it's just one verse, we're just going to read this verse together a couple times. I'll read it first so you know what's coming. You know, so you don't embarrass yourself next to the person right next to you and say, here we go. So basically the verse is, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Let's read it together. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Let's do it again. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Before we pray, I'd ask that you would pause, if you haven't already, and think of an area of your life that even right now, you know that's probably going to take resolve. Most of us can probably think of something. Maybe you know this year you've got a responsibility, and if you're going to be making it through your third year of your degree program, it's going to take resolve. Or maybe you now are transitioning so that You've got responsibility to take care of your aging parents. That's a season takes resolve. Just try to think of something, financially, physically. How many of you can think of something right now already? You're like, oh, I know, it's okay. Anybody's life perfect already in the, we'd, we'd like to call you out and ask you to take the stage and teach us all how you do that. No. Let's pause and pray. God, I pray for everybody here. I pray for everybody that's watching online. Um, Because I do think we share a common need for determination. So we pray for this moment in time and over the next weeks. Stir up some great resolve in our life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You may be seated. Some of you are like, wow, were we going to stand the whole time? So tired. It took, took so much resolve not to just sit down while this guy keeps talking. Um, so I got two ideas on why we should lean in or stir up resolve. The first one is this, and you can write this down uh, if you got the handout on the way in. Uh, we should stir up our resolve because commitment gets God's attention. Commitment gets God's attention. It's an interesting picture in our verse where it says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. Another version says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole world, the whole earth, in 
search of this someone whose heart's fully committed. My favorite is the eyes of the Lord move to and fro. So there's like the this idea. Actually, two images came to my mind when I thought of, you know, to and fro, looking for. The first one was just kind of cute. Yeah, I thought that'd make you happy. Put a little cute animal on the screen. Everybody thinks that was a great church service. So the first one was, you know, a little prairie dog, like looking for the. But the next one I think is probably best for this picture in the scripture. Although God does not need binoculars, the imagery is, is this scanning. And the idea is, well, what is he looking for as his eyes range to and fro? It would be this if you could walk up beside God and tap him on the shoulder and say, dude, what do you look? Don't call him dude. But say, <laughs> what are you looking for? One of the things would be I'm looking for commitment. It's interesting. Here's a fill in the blank. God focuses his gaze. In other words, he stops and notices when he sees someone going for it. Some biblical examples of where we see God noticing. I got to believe God, as he's doing this, would notice. Genesis 22, 9, God has tested a man named Abraham. Abraham, I already mentioned him, has one son that was a blessing from God. His son came late in Abraham's life, and the son is associated with promises, and God tests him and says, sacrifice your one and only son as a sign of commitment to me, and Abraham is going to do it. So here's the description. It says, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He ties his son Isaac up. He binds him. He lays him on an altar. He reaches out his hand. He's got a, a knife in his hand to slay his son. I have to believe that God in heaven is looking down and thinking, holy cow, he's going to do it. The commitment level, and even if he would say to the angelic beings, are you guys seeing this? By the way, God intervenes. But that's a commitment level that God takes note of. By the way, there's probably a reason we read a lot about Abraham. It's a commitment level. In Luke 19, 8, a man named Zacchaeus, he stands up in the presence of Jesus. Jesus has began to, begun to enter his life. Jesus came into his world. He's at his house. And Zacchaeus says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. Now let that sink in. I don't know what your net worth is. But just decide you're just going to give half of it to the poor. You know, your you're your net worth is 6,000, 600. 600000 maybe you're worth $6 million, I don't know, but you'd be like, okay, half of it given to the poor. I like this fact that Zacchaeus says, look, Lord, because I wonder if Jesus would not respond, oh, I'm looking, because that is a heavy level of 
commitment. The greatest display of resolve is recorded in most of the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. His assignment is to die for the sins of the world. He's going to get beaten. He's going to get whipped. He's going to hang on a cross. It's going to be 24 hours of horrible torture. And he's saying to his Father in heaven, if you are willing, take this cup from me, which is Bible language for I don't, I don't want to do this. But then he says, yet not my will but yours be done. That's spiritual resolve. And you know all of heaven is watching. God is noticing those things. And so that brings up a question that pokes at me a little bit. It might poke at you. Come up on the screen. When was the last time my commitment level was worth noting? I'm sorry, Noticing. When was the last time you were committed to anything important that God, while he's, you know, spanning, he would go, wow, that's a pretty significant thing. Do you have any financial Goals that you've actually made a commitment that God might say, whoa. Spiritual goals. I just uh, became aware of a person that this year they're going to read the whole Bible. Oh. A friend of mine, I was talking to him the other day. He's fasting twice a week for his kids. Oh, now some of you are like, oh, now wait a minute. I'll tell you what God might be doing, though. Like, oh, what are we praying? What are you praying about? It's fasting two days a week. Have you ever, a little bit of a tangent here, maybe a little bit. If you've lived your life and never made a fairly ridiculous commitment, you're missing out. Don't live in the lane of same, lame, tame commitment. I'm just going to try to eke it out here. If, you, if, if you've never leaned into something where most people go, oh, come on, you don't have to be that committed. Just take those voices that always try to slow us down and just, just tell them to just button it up. Who gives a rip what you think? If you've never explored something fairly radical, I think you should. Because God, and this will be the second point, because God meets us in those moments of commitment. If you've never said anything like, I will never do that thing, right? Or if you've never had an always commitment, I will always hug my son Whenever I see him. Oh, always? Yeah, always. Or do you know what I mean? If you, if you, don't, you know, I will never take the Lord's name in vain. Does that make sense? I will. Does that, though, you got to have some of those things in your life. By the way, oh, we'll, we need to move on. This is not mostly about a perfect track record with your commitment. It's about a passion to make a commitment. So this is really important. This is important. 
Let's go to the verse again. The eyes of the Lord range around you to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That doesn't mean that you won't fall after you make the commitment. The heart thing is a big deal. It's not going to be perfect. Can we all admit that with virtually every commitment we ever make, we're going to fail at some point? That's, oh good, you guys are so smart. Because some people go, well, not if I get you. Peter, here's an example. Peter, passionate Peter, a disciple of Jesus. He says to Jesus, am I even on track at all with my notes? Are we even close? Does, do we have any scripture there? Yes, look. So Peter in Matthew, he says to Jesus, who's going to go die on the cross, Peter says, even if everybody falls away, Jesus, I will never deny you. He's like, never, man, never. I am with you. Within 12 hours, he screws that up. Now, some people would say, Peter, Peter never should have said it. I would say, yes, he should have said it because his heart was in it, and although he fell, he didn't fall away. Does that make sense? Don't just guard your life to try to make it so, oh, I don't want to say anything that I won't come. Every commitment we make, every commitment <laughs> Every probably, right, make the commitment. I say, like, I want to honor, I want to be a great husband. Like a great husband. I never want to hurt my wife. Every so often, whoops, I do it. Does that make sense? Right? I vow to love my neighbor. I'm committed. Except for that one neighbor. Like, I fail at that. Here's one. Like, I never judge. I am committed. I will never judge by appearance. Unless you have a man bun. I'm still working on that one, guys. Now, I've come a long way at that, and I can actually. But, you know, there are things. Can we just admit Hey, deep down, can we just admit, deep down, no matter what we commit to do, at some level, we're all hypocrites. Now, see, oh, no, I'm not a hypocrite. Then you've never committed to anything significant in your life. Because that's the way it works. But we have all, I'm really, I'm not even close to my notes. We, we have all sinned. This is not a reason not to have resolve in your life. I'll, I'll, I'll skip to something here. Here, resolve isn't mostly about no mistakes. It's about recommitting again. That is good. It's not about no mistakes. It's about recommitting again. <laughs> Jeez, the most important things in life just take commitment. Parents, takes commitment. Be a good parent. Finances, relationships. All right, so we should stir up resolve because commitment gets God's attention. Second thing, we should stir it up because commitment releases God's power. This is the great news. He doesn't just leave us on our own. He doesn't just look down at Abraham and go, wow, that's real commitment. He gets involved. So in the text, it says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. To strengthen. Everybody say, to strengthen. It's to strengthen. He gets involved. This is great news about God. He doesn't just, oh, here's fill in the blank. God isn't just watching. He is responding. 
getting, getting involved. When Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, God notices his commitment. And then God gets involved, says, don't sacrifice your son. I'm going to give you a, an alternative sacrifice. He gets involved. When Peter, in his passion, says to Jesus, I will die for you, even if everybody else falls away. I will never. It's interesting. I think it's in Luke is it in Luke? Look at this, 22. Jesus, it records that Jesus says, I have prayed for you, Simon. So Jesus saw his commitment, and part of the conversation is, I'm praying for you. If you have the Lord of the universe praying for you, that'll make a difference in your life. When Jesus was resolving to die for your sin and my sin in the garden. It's not my will, but yours be done. In Luke 22, it records, and an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. God saw his resolve, and this is just how it feels in my imaginary word world. God saw his son, and he says, you, strong angel, get down there, and help him. And that is the posture of God when you have resolve in your life. It doesn't just leave us out there going, well, I hope they make it. He gets involved. When we say something like, I resolve to live within my means this year, or I resolve to be, live generously. God in heaven says, get in their team and help that young lady. Help that guy. When we say, I'm going to pray for my children every day, God says, I'll help you with that. Or whatever your resolution is. God's a God who, you know, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is a, a, a helper. He comes alongside and he is a helper. If I decide I'm going to live unusually holy in my generation, God says, we can do that. Last question. What area of my life needs a resolution revolution? I made that rhyme for you. Did you see that? See what I did there? We're going to talk about how to do it. How to stay in the game over the next weeks. We're going to finish our time uh, today with an opportunity for you. We have plenty of time. Uh, you can just remain seated as we move toward closing prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.